Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. I don't know, like it could be one of these uh, reality, not reality, but like content, like you know, like the Ninja Warrior kind of like six food elimination. Uh, yeah, I was thinking like. One of the, I guess, one of the seasons of Big Brother, they brought someone back and made them sign a legally binding contract to give up a certain amount of the prize money should they win the game, just to be let back in the game. And then the tiebreaker, because multiple people said fifty percent of it, the tiebreaker question was how many days would you eat nothing but PBJ in the house? I guess that's some kind of punishment that they do in Big Brother. I don't watch Big Brother. Dude, I like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, like, I, I make that how, for myself how could you quite not, frequently. I had PB and J for lunch today, but like, how could you? How could you give up five hundred thousand dollars and be okay with that, but then decide not? You know what? I don't want to give up PB and J for the entire time. I mean, I don't. And someone, someone did that. But how? How long is the entire time? Like, it's not like 10 years or something, right? Well, I think the game takes a couple of months, but like this was partially if it was the, the game, whole couple so it of wasn't months, even... I would gladly, gladly eat peanut butter and jelly every yeah. meal yes. for, a, like, you know, six months, right? Yeah. <laughs> if it was going to... Well, you're going to put your life I mean, on hold and play a reality a show chance, like this, but... and you're going to, and you're going to, like... See, and I, you're going to be okay with losing that game and your experience yeah. being over because you decided, oh, I don't want to eat nothing but PBJ for that long. See, like, I wouldn't, who are you? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on a reality show for two months, but I would eat peanut butter and jelly for two months. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about <laughs> that's, that's fair. I've been thinking about this, and you know how I applied to Survivor for like yeah. six months, six months, six years, and they never called me back. Right. Well. Once I get better from this, I have a whole new angle for my Survivor Audition videos. Yeah. They have to call me back now. They have to. I mean, they don't, but... (laughs) (laughs) But they do. Uh, Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Welcome to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. It was never going to be organic. <laughs> never was. Uh, hi, I'm here, and so is Wandering Winter. This is a podcast. I am What's here. Happening? You are here. <laughs> that means we're both here. And, and you, the listener, are kind of here, in a sense. No, th- th- you are there. No, I'm here. No, you are there. And they are there. Hi- Hi here, I'm Dad. What? I don't. <laughs> so it's been a it's been a while, yeah, and uh, it's been a couple of minisodes where I haven't really participated. And uh, thanks, Wandering Winter, for doing your best to keep things warm uh, through my incompetence. Uh, I don't think that's the right word for it, but you're <laughs> welcome. Question mark. <laughs> Different forms of incompetence. Uh, you know, I, I have a, anyway, um, 
on the, at the beginning of the last episode, I put in a little voiceover and I uh, said I wasn't doing very well. And I said that um, we thought it was asthma and uh, it just needed to get better. And uh, about a m- month and a half ago, um, I decided to see a different doctor, maybe to get another opinion, and they did some blood work. Uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, the good news is I have a diagnosis now and it explains everything that's been happening to me. Uh, so ever since like the beginning of April when I started not feeling well, I know why there's treatment and I'm currently receiving that treatment. Um, the bad news is I have leukemia and, uh, the treatment is chemotherapy and a bone marrow transplant. And that is very unpleasant, and it makes it really hard for me to do anything at all because I'm now in the hospital like half of my life, and uh, they're putting poison in me and doing all sorts of fun procedures. And then the bone marrow transplant, which is coming up maybe later this year, early next year, um, that's going to be super rad. Can't wait for that to happen. Good news is... There's only a very small chance that I'm actually going to die from this. The treatment's very effective. I'm, quote, young and healthy, as they say in the hospital. Uh, So, and also, you know, once I get the bone marrow transplant, like, I actually should be cured of this. Uh, There's a pretty high chance of that. So that's pretty great. But uh, that's sort of what's been going on in my life. And that's a lot of why the podcast hasn't been happening. I hope that's a good enough reason yeah, but you can blame me though, because um, like I have no excuse really. I just I just haven't haven't made any more content since that last minisode. So you know, I got I got nothing. It's hard to make content by yourself, you know. It really Watch is. Me. It's a lot harder. Watch well, me. Well, I mean, Adam. we we have done that, and I, I continue to believe that you will. There's okay, really great. no doubt in my mind. Um, but but in any case, uh, you know, moving moving forward, I. I really don't know how much of this I'm going to be able to do. Uh, a lot of the time I'm pretty anemic, which means uh, it's hard for me to focus on things. Um, I feel decent enough now to do a podcast, and we'll edit it, and we'll put it out there. Um, if you're my friend on Facebook, you've probably seen uh, you know, contact information on the website, adamhorton.com, hashtag link in the description. Uh, and there, I know there are several listeners of the podcast who are my friends on Facebook and have been following Um I appreciate all the support that I've been getting. Um, A lot of people want to donate money, and that's really not what's needed at this point. A lot of people want to ask if they can join the Bone Marrow Donors Registry, and uh, that's very nice of you. Uh, It turns out I have a brother who's a a match for me, so I'm not in need of a donor. But other people might be. That's really great, but... Yes, uh, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go join that registry. Uh, obviously, I can't, but, um, you know, you can. It doesn't cost you anything. It's non-invasive unless a donor needs you, and even then you can opt out. Uh, but people like me who didn't win the 25% chance of my one sibling being a perfect match for me uh, may need a donor or else they're going to die from cancer, and maybe you can help. So uh, I'll I'll link that in the description as well. It's bethematch.org if you are so inclined. Help that we need is not in the form of really anything that anyone on the internet can do, and it's not something we need right now. Um, 
Another thing that uh, hasn't been on the podcast yet, we're expecting a second child. It's going to be a girl. That's happening in January, and that's in the middle of all of this. So, yes, this has been a f- nightmare, and uh, <laughs> it's not going to get any better. Tell me how but you hey. really feel. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here we are doing a podcast, and I really like thinking about things that are not that. So, um, <laughs> anyway, in podcast. So, so speaking of things that are not anything like that, what do you feel about sandwiches? Mm, uh, depends on the sandwich. I did have a sandwich for lunch today. It was a PB and J hot. Um, was it a hot PB and J? That doesn't sound good. Actually. I mean, I do like to toast my bread for PB J because it really? makes the peanut butter a little melty. And it also provides a nice little textural contrast because oh. I prefer the creamy peanut butter over the crunchy. Although oh. there are times yeah. for crunchy. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all about the creamy, but I have never toasted a PB. That's very interesting. I think that pretty much without exception, all bread is better when toasted. Oh man. I got a hard disagree. Oh, it's just it. like untoasted bread. That's there's not much more to it than that. I just like untoasted bread like a lot. Good for you, man. I like toasted bread. Good for you, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could. I'm glad we could uh, respect our differences here. Speaking of bread, we had a kingdom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Last time was six months ago. <laughs> eh, tomato potato. <laughs> that episode was about possession. Uh, we talked about possession, and uh, we had this kingdom, and then shortly afterwards, we played a bunch of games with it, uh, and those have been, actually been on the channel for, like, almost six months, uh, so, you know, go watch those if you want, but uh, we're going to talk about it now on the podcast. Uh, do you want to read the cards? Uh, sure. So the cards in the kingdom from last time are, well, there's a a project a project that was Sinister Plot, and then the cards were Black Cat, Goat Herd, Guide, Scrap, Mining Village, Mountain Village, Scepter, Soothsayer, Wine Merchant, and, of course, Possession. Once more for our audio-only listeners, but in reverse order this time, in case you wanted that, we've got Possession, Wine Merchant, Soothsayer, Scepter, Mountain Village, Mining Village, Scrap, Guide, Goat Herd, Black Cat, and the Project Sinister Plot. Sweet. Uh, so I think last time we, for the most part, agreed that what you want to do here is not go for possession. Yep. And uh, play something soothsayer money-ish. Um, you wanted to open with a sinister plot. I wanted to get it a little later. We had some debate about which of Scrap and Goat Herd you might want early on. And that was really the crux of our discussion on this kingdom. Yep. And, uh, and then we played some games. We, we played some games. <laughs> and it ended up, what, we thought the possession was a bit better, but it's not entirely clear, right? Yeah, I think going for possession is... Um, Close with a strategy like that. I think it's close. And I think the possession player probably wins maybe more often than the money player, but we didn't play enough games to really... It yeah. just kind of felt like it was a little stronger. But the, the, the key thing was Black Cat, right? Um, 
Yeah, this uh this was this episode was like very shortly after Menagerie was released. I remember I had not even played any games with Goat Herd when we were talking about this kingdom. Yeah. So yeah. Black um, Cat. And 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 the thing about Black Cat is you get a react it. Um and it's not so much about the attack even, although there's some about the attack. Um but it was more just about like you got to play it a lot, which let you draw cards, which was pretty important because well like we said in that episode about possession right what does possession tend to need it needs deck control and black cat kind of gave that to you here and when you were possessing them if you got a green card um well there was that whole weird interaction right because technically the player who gains the green card is the player who is not the player who's being possessed right because there's a wood gain. Th- anyway, it's it's right, a whole yeah. complicated thing. Go watch the videos. Also, scepter. Scepter lets you. <laughs> scepter yeah. Lets you play possession more than once with only getting one. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of synergy around possession that we kind of maybe touched on. I mean, we touched on the fact that Black Hat was the only draw. Uh, that scepter supported possession, but like it wasn't nearly. We didn't really think it was nearly as strong as it ended up being. I think uh, in particular. Um, Black Cat being able to... You, you can play it on your opponent's turn, then they go to your discard, right. and it has a synergy with Mountain Village, where if you have Mountain Villages in your hand, right. then you can redraw those Black Cats, which is kind of what you want to draw, and then you don't really need 10,000 actions at the end of your turn, you just need one to play a possession and Scepter it a whole bunch. Yeah. Which turned out to be uh, pretty stinking good. Scepter's a really good card, uh, and it's good for duplicating payload and particularly potion payload, which turns out to be possession, the end. Right. I don't think I would say Scepter is a really good card. Unless you mean, I like, would. specifically on this board? I think Scepter's a good card. Okay. I, mean, I don't I, know what that means, but I, I would know. say Scepter's I, a I good card. I kind of feel like most other cards are better. But anyway, regardless, <laughs> if, you, if, if you mean, like, good in terms of adding it to your deck is an improvement to your deck... Oh, geez, that's, that better you. be every card in Dominion. <laughs> well, well, there's some cards, like... Yes, I know, Masterpiece, yes. Oh, I was going to say Scout. <laughs> uh, Rip Scout. He's with Harambe now. Um, Harambe. Man, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't thought about Harambe in months. I live in Cincinnati. I think Hashtag about Harambe every forget. day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> D-O for H. <laughs> In any case, uh, the the possession synergy was actually quite strong, and I think I think we underestimated the trashing a little bit. Uh, Goat herd just being a worse version of forager uh, to trash your coppers. You can just like get a couple of them and thin down real fast, and you can and, like, really get to possessing them real fast. S- scrapping those estates is pretty good. Helps you hit five. Uh, helps you get an early wine merchant if you're going for possession, which prevents the whole, like, I drew my potion and I didn't get six. Oh, that's really bad for me, right? Whiny helps you hit those price points if that's something you want. Also, it makes annoying noises because it's whiny. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that guy looks like he would make annoying noises because he's probably drunk. Guffawing? Yeah. 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 Uh, but in any case, uh, that was that Kingdom, um, and Possession is uh, its card still. Hey, Adam, I don't have a good segue. Uh, me neither. Do you want to talk about Scrying Pool? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Scrying Pool. 
This this is the best aren't, podcast. Aren't you glad that we brought our A game listeners? <laughs> hey, we're doing our best, okay? <laughs> I'm doing my best. Are you doing your best? Man, anyway. you'll be fine. You're going to get all the sympathy points. I got no excuse. <laughs> I will get the sympathy points, let me you tell you. You really will. And you deserve <laughs> them, too. Uh, I probably do, don't I? You do. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Um, oh, you. I bet you say that to all the boys. Uh, no, I don't, actually. Oh, um, sweet. I'm special. Uh, it's let's, a uh, let's, pool. Yeah, it's a, it's a card. Uh, it's from the Alchemy Expansion. Yep. It costs two and a potion. It's, uh, an, it's an action uh, and an attack. It's so good. Uh, and it says... Yeah, you do it. Plus one action. Each player, parentheses, including you, close parentheses, reveals the top card of their deck and either discards it or puts it back your choice. Then reveal cards from your deck until revealing one that isn't an action. Put all of those revealed cards into your hand. So in case there's any uh, confusion here, you don't put the cards from the fir- that get revealed in the first bit where people just reveal the top cards of their deck and either discard it and put it back. You don't put those <laughs> into your hand. That would be ridiculous. For, for one thing, you would be putting a card from your opponent's deck into your – I mean, that card would be great. That would be really good. You'd be stealing your opponent's cards and you'd be drawing an extra card from their deck and an extra card. It would be amazing, and that's not what wow. you just re- You only put the cards that you reveal on that second part into your hand, um, which is still really good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. It's like Spy from the first edition base set, only it's fixed, right? Uh, yeah, kind of, except kind of not, and also probably people don't probably think not Spy at all, is yeah. anymore because – I don't know the last time it got printed, but it was Rip probably spy. been several years now. Um, Harambe now. <sighs> spy. Well, and, and, and by fixed, like the problem with Spy is still exists with Scrying Pool. And I know this is something you want to talk yeah. It like takes forever to play because like you got to, especially online, this is one of the few cards that might take longer in a digital format than a paper format. Because like, it, uh, I, I can tell you every time. It, it doesn't take longer. It's still longer in person because as, as excruciating as it is online, yeah. it's more excruciating in person. And and I'm not exaggerating here. Like, the, I, I would say Scrying Pool is one of the more polarizing cards in Dominion because, because people who like fun tend to dislike it because it's just a giant pain to, to deal with the mechanics, like both online and IRL. And it's because of that, that reveal-y, yeah, that reveal-y bit. And, and I think... Donald X, the designer of the game, has has gone so far as to say on record that if he were to print Scrying Pool today, he would have done it without the spy effect. Yeah. Um, but it's there, and it's... It's really, really powerful. Not the most important part of the card, but it's important. It's it's powerful in conjunction with what else the card... It's deceptively powerful. It's it's mostly powerful in that if you can do it, you know, like four times in a turn, that yeah. is... It, it stacks pretty well. And Scrying Pool as a card is a card which... Um, you kind of want to play for Drives it. you towards playing many of them. Yeah. Every turn. Yeah. Which is uh, also yeah. part of why it takes forever to go click, 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 click. Yeah. 
but I did say that Scrying Pool was polarizing. Yeah. And I talked about why people don't like the card. The people who do like this card are the, the people who um, the, tend to like winning games of Dominion. Because uh, what they do is they buy it, and then they win more games. Or just like people who like drawing, you know, 58 cards. 55 cards. Thank wow, you. it's been way too long. It, it, at once. Because um, Scrying Pool can let you do that. Yeah. A lot of times, if I know I'm just going to draw a bunch of cards... And I'm playing online, and I'm just watching them reveal in front of me. I'll I'll clap while it's happening, kind of like they do on Wheel of Fortune when they spin the wheel, and then everyone claps while the wheel is spinning because they because you gotta clap for the wheel because the producers, yeah because the producers make them. I'm sure. Yeah, but I guess it would be awkward if they didn't. I, I would assume that's why they do it, right? Well, I don't think it would be awkward, except that people have been doing it for 783 years now. You know, fifty-five years now. Okay, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, that's uh, that's it's a lot of cards you I, can I draw should, with Scrying Pool. Yeah, I should note technically you're not drawing them; you're revealing them and putting them in your hand, which matters for like your minus card token, I guess. Oh, right. Ouch. Okay, it's not plus cards. Right. Yeah. Well, so I mean. It, that would also matter for, like, Way of the Chameleon. Hashtag edge cased with Wandering Winder. Oh, snap. <laughs> you came prepared, didn't you? <laughs> I, I may have done. Um, so let's talk, about, let's talk about, you know, actually playing with the card as opposed to just cracking jokes about it, shall we? Uh, yeah, so I gave, uh, when I give, I normally don't talk about power level card ratings on the podcast, but I gave Scrying Pool a 10 out of 10. And I feel like I want to bring that up because I'm just. Do you want to saying, bring it up like past ten? Out? Does your rating scale now go all the way to eleven? I don't know. I thought about making eleven for donate, but then I decided that defeated the purpose. But, oh, but in that's any not case, what you meant by bring it up. <laughs> the the reason I wanted to to raise uh, that point. Raise that point. Thank you. Raise the point because... past ten to. Hmm. <laughs> Ah, so <laughs> so smart and clever and funny <laughs> and humble. <laughs> uh, so so this is uh, Scrying Pool is I would say it's one of the most powerful cards in the whole game, right? And uh, being a ten out of ten, you need a you need a really good reason to not go for this card to skip it. And and even then, if you have a good reason, sometimes you still go for it because it's just so stinking powerful, right? That's kind of the caliber of card we're talking about here. We're not talking about Harbinger, where it's like, you really need a good reason to go for it, otherwise you're just doing bad things. It's like, you know, you, you need a good reason to not go for this, otherwise you're, you might be doing bad things. Yeah, I don't... See, I think I'm going to disagree with you on this later, because I don't think it's... I skip it kind of a lot. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I still usually go for it, like a, a good majority of the time, but... Um, I don't think it's like, a, oh my gosh, I skipped this. Like, it's not like Chapel or something that you skip like, you know, three percent of your games or ten percent of your games or whatever. I, I skip a lot more than that. Um, and and maybe I'll get into that later. But like, it's definitely a strong card, um, and it's definitely not a, a harbinger. Um, so I I actually don't think because I read your outline. Yeah. I don't really think we disagree all that much here. I just think the way the mental models that we have when we're looking at a kingdom and cards in the context of that kingdom is different enough. Like, this is kind of like me giving a capitalism a 10 out of 10 and 
standing right, by would, that when I would never, you think that's ridiculous. I, I would never agree with that because I, I don't think capitalism is remotely close to town. But like, so, yeah. so the point is like capitalism is kind of like it gives you. A, a, I imagine the reason you give it out of 10 out of 10 is because, like, you can add any number of terminal payload cards to your deck, and you just, like, don't need to add any more villages. It gives you unbounded. It's only bounded by the number of terminals that you need to play is how many actions it gives you, right? Yeah, it's like a it's like a differenter version of Lost Arts, which I also gave a 10 out of 10, because right. it kind of warps the strategic landscape of the game. And, and scrying pool is like, how many cards do you need to draw? And it's like, well, I can draw all of them as long as they're action cards, right? Like, yeah, and action scrying... cards are generally better than all other cards. One scrying pool can, well, victory cards, but uh, one scrying <laughs> one scrying pool can draw every single action in your entire deck, other than itself, of course. You know, whatever. And I've I've done that, and it's it feels... not even that rare. It's pretty common. It, it feels amazing. Yeah. Okay. And then Absolutely you have, like, four amazing. other scrying pools in your hand, and you're like, you guys don't do anything anymore. Well, you kind of attack, but, it's, you know, yeah. it doesn't feel as amazing. Yeah. But, it's you know, just... it's, it's worth it just to have the one. Well, yeah, and, and also, like, scrying pool is one of those cards. The other, the other big one that comes to mind is council room, where, like, it's the kind of card you would put in your deck, more copies of in your deck, not necessarily so you could play them all, not necessarily, but because you want to just increase the chances oh, yeah. that you find them early enough in your turn, yeah, I was you thinking, can have a turn. Yeah, I was thinking city quarter is sometimes like that. Like you get extra copies. One, yeah. You get extra copies of city quarter sometimes just because like, and this is what I wanted to go in. This is one of the things I wanted to talk about when we were talking about like how how you draw with scrying pool. Scrying pools can draw you a million cards. So many but cards. You need to have a scrying pool in your hand for a scrying pool to draw you a million cards, right? Yeah. So one of the things that Scrying Pool likes, I mean, is some way to do that. And right, every game there's some way to do that, which is, you know, just buy more Scrying Pools. Yeah. It's like the, the you know, most basic yeah. and really the most you common want, way to do it. You want more Scrying Pools? Buy more Scrying Pools, man. Right. This is um, the hard-hitting but, insight you get. <laughs> but there's some other stuff that can help you out too, right? There's like Scheme. Yeah. Scheme is an effect. Like, if you just scheme a scrying pool every turn, you have a scrying pool every turn. Or there's, like, uh, you know, s- some stuff that's similar to that with um, uh, the, the project that thing, the, every time you shuffle, you get to choose the, the star chart. Star chart, yeah, that thing. Um, but there's also then some, some effects that save cards into your next hand. And, and those are particularly good with Scrying Pool because Scrying Pool often gets you to a place where you're overdrawing, right? Because you draw a million cards with your first one, and then your second one, you don't need to draw a million cards with it. You don't need to play it this turn. So you could save it for next turn if you've got save or gear or church or one of those kinds of – there's others. But, you know, one of those kinds of effects, right? Yeah, a lot of uh, – so we, we talked about this a little bit in the episode forever ago. And by we, I mean Jake and I, sorry. Yeah, I no, I remember. Uh, about we, – we called it cycling. A lot of other people call it cycling, but then we, we broke it down into the different forms of it. And, and this is like the top decking, right? This is, this is seeding your next hand kind of, kind of territory. Yeah. And a lot of, the, a lot of the really big players like Scheme, you know, you can still play the card on one turn – and then you can stick it back on top, and that's super cool. Right. But Scrying Pool is open to a whole other class of synergy cards that that don't necessarily give you the ability to play every single Scrying Pool on every single turn. But that's okay, because you don't really super have to do that. 
Yeah, because scrying pool just draws so much. I mean, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is how much does scrying pool actually draw, right? And Oh, yeah. And it's deceptively a lot. It's a lot, but it can also be deceptively not as much as you think sometimes. And and I want to I want to point out that the reason why it might be not as much as you think is because it's really easy to get into the habit of just thinking I've got some scrying pools. I will just automatically draw my deck, right? Because that happens so frequently that it's e- that it's pretty easy to overlook that it doesn't happen quite all the time. Oh uh, sure, yeah. I've. Uh, I mean, surely when that does happen, what you should definitely do is whine about your bad luck. Absolutely. Re- regardless of of whether or not this was an expected outcome or even a fortunate outcome, but you know, just be ready to whine about it. That's but by far the, the most important thing. The the thing that I like to to remember in those kinds of situations is so scrying pool can only draw you every action card in your deck plus one. Um, and, you know, only in inverted commas there, because that's, you know, a a lot. Thank you for saying inverted commas. But the point is uh, that if your deck doesn't have a lot of action cards in it, for whatever reason, um, first of all, why? But second of (laughs) all, uh, like, Scrying Pool might not be very good for you then. Like, that's not really a reason why I think Scrying Pool isn't good at least very often. I mean, sure, once in a blue moon, you'll have some game where there's, like, no non-terminals at all. Uh, yeah, that that feels pretty bad. And or, you, or, like, the other non-terminals are just, like, more deck control or whatever, and it's like, I, I didn't want this. Yeah, I don't know. Even then sometimes, I don't know. But, like, the, the, the other thing to note is that because that's the case, um, if you have a bunch of non-action stop cards in your deck, like treasures and victory cards mostly, uh, you you tend to need to actually be able to draw cards with your other actions and not just with scrying pool. And when I say draw cards here, I don't mean how we normally talk about draw. Like, I don't mean draw as in... uh, Increasing your hand size without decreasing action count, yeah. Right. Even a cantrip will work here, right? Because the the reason why you normally need that from from your other cards uh, in in a case without scrying pool is that, like, if I have a cantrip, it doesn't actually draw me cards because I had to draw the cantrip, and it only gives me one card back. But with the scrying pool, you can, quote-unquote, draw the cantrip for free. Um, You don't need quotes, man. Like, scrying pool is the draw here. Right, as, as long as you find a scrying pool, you, you basically get to draw it for free. And then um, the your Pearl Diver or Harbinger or whatever draws you all the other cards, um, right? The cards that scrying pool can't draw you, which are, yeah. you know, everything that's not in action. Um, yeah. so, so you do tend to want to have those. Um, on the flip side, you don't want to just be like, I'm going to jam every action card in my deck that I possibly can including ruins ruins yeah right some Crying people does not counter ruins that's not a thing right. like it, it the ruins aren't as bad maybe when you have scrying pool in your deck slightly less bad cards. slightly but, less bad but they still hurt because like think about it this way right i have five cards on top of my deck and uh it's like uh copper 
and then a few action cards, and then another copper, right? But if we, like, stick a, a ruined village on top of that, when I play my scrying pool, I'm going to see, oh, I've got an action on top. I'm going to keep that. And then I draw the copper, and then I don't draw the, those three action cards that were below it, right? It um, feels really bad. But if the ruined village weren't there, I would see a copper instead, and I'd see, like, I don't want that. And I would discard it, and then I would get to draw those three action, right? So basically, um, what scrying pool doesn't like is, like, Inter, interlaced action and non-action. It wants all your actions to be all next to each other. And uh, yes, uh, I was just gonna say having a bunch of runes in your deck also makes it harder for you to find your scrying pools to play them in the first place. That's also a really important point. Um, it, it just it just does. So like both of those things together mean ruins still hurt like quite a bit. A lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, again, maybe not as much as if you didn't have the scrying pools in your deck, but that's not a comparison. That's not a world you live in, right? The, the ruins are coming at you either way. Or the ruins aren't coming at you either way. Don't go out of your way to get them. Um, <laughs> oh, please don't do that. That does not make your scrying pools draw more cards. Like, it just, it doesn't. Maybe maybe in theory it does, but, like, that's not how Dominion works. <laughs> you draw more cards, but you don't draw more good cards. Like, you draw more ruins, right? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Right. You, you might draw more ruins. You're very unlikely to draw more non-ruin cards. Or if, like, any of your other good action cards are cantrips or better, yeah. then, like, you're still drawing less, right? Because you're drawing these ruins instead of cards that maybe can draw more good cards. Like, please, please don't do that. You should be judicious about, like, well, I'm not just going to shove in every single action card I can, right? I mean, that's that's if obviously... It, if it's a cantrip, you usually do, right? Right? Like, Cantrips you think about Vagrant, Vagrant is a card that you just normally, like, yeah, sometimes I'll take it because it doesn't hurt, but it's not like, oh, I... I want a vagrant, and like, when's the last time you said that? But with scrying pool, right? Like, yeah, come on down. It's another cantrip. I can draw more cards with it because I draw it with the I draw the the vagrant with the the scrying pool, and then I draw my other cards with the vagrant. Win win. Yeah, just don't like autopile the villas in your deck because you think that's something that you need, right? I mean, right. sure, you put some more payload in your deck, but, like, you've just made it a lot more difficult to draw your deck, even though they're all action cards. Right. I mean, like, if the villa is a good card for your deck, or if somehow, like, you can it literally take contribute. them all at once and your opponent then can't get any plus buy or plus actions, like, maybe, maybe you take all of it, but, like, just or, don't do it on autopilot. Think about it. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's important to know what cards you're drawing. It's important to know that you have... Um, some decent chance of having a scrying pool in your starting hand or, or being able to find one somewhat reliably so you can actually draw all this stuff. And then also, um, we've been kind of talking about how much, how many cards a scrying pool draws. And, you know, we've gone to one extreme and say every card in your deck. Yeah. And then and then there's the other extreme where there's like, you know, there's junking and, and maybe there's no way to trash cards. And, and it draws it's certainly like one card. Uh, like one card, yeah. It, it's it like a, it's like, like that card. base edition spy. Oh, it's it's so good. Yeah, it's so mediocre. It's it's so bad. But uh, I think um, 
I think the action density of your deck, which yeah. is a concept that, that comes up, is a big factor in how much your scrying pools are going to draw. And um, I, a long time ago, I did some math because I thought it would help me understand things a little better, and it, it helped me understand things ever so slightly better. But I think the, the key takeaways from that session are, number one, your starting cards are bad and you should get rid of them. I mean, we kind of already knew that. But like, if you can do that, your scrying pools get so, so incredibly much better. And I'm talking about the difference between putting one, maybe two cards in your hand and then... Nine, versus, maybe ten cards in your hand? Uh, I was going to say five and maybe up to ten cards in your hand. Okay, sure. But like, if I have three provinces in my deck, like I'm still drawing like five freaking cards with, with scrying pool. Yeah. And and that's that's so many cards. You just, it's a lot of cards. You just draw five cards. Especially that, non-terminally. That is so many cards. It's a lot that's of so cards. many cards. Um, and, and all you had to do was trash your starting cards, which was something you wanted to do anyway. Yeah, the the having fewer non action cards in your deck is pretty important. Um, like this is a case where silver can be bad. It depends. I mean, it depends. How many actions do you have, right? Like, do you need the money? But this is a case where, like, this is one of those rare cases where, like, you know what? It's getting in the way. It can be getting in the way. So you got to think, like, does this actually help my payload? Does it help my payload enough that it's going to, like, you have to understand it's going to make your pools draw worse, right? Right. Uh, Sometimes it can help to think of, like, you know, I have the option of adding non-action payload to my deck, silver and gold. Or I could add action payload to my deck, which is whatever the kingdom is offering you. And if that action payload, or virtual payload, as some people call it, although that's not a super precise term. Anyway, um, if that's really hard to draw, you know, if it's if it's some payload, if you've got all the actions in the world and you just need to draw all your bridges or goons or whatever, yeah. then yeah, sure, that's going to be very much, that's going to be a lot more explosive because Scrying Pool is the key piece that, that lets you draw those things. Right. So you can kind of think of, oh, well, if I can just draw the bridge for free, how much better is it than a silver? A lot. Uh, yeah, definitely a lot. But if if the action payload is not that way if you know you you can only play a couple of non-terminal cards and there's no village or like or maybe it's you know just not that impressive like just a bunch of fortune tellers or herbalists yeah like how how impressive is that versus like oh well i can just put some silvers in my deck and maybe i'm still drawing a lot with scrying pool right and maybe i will draw those silvers because i want the attack and then i can find my key cards more often and their support here but like yeah like the if you can't play the card, it doesn't really matter if that you drew it. <laughs> a card you can't play is still dead. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. great, I got to draw these extra five herbalists. Congrats. But I don't have a village, so Whoops. I better hope they were the obelisk pile. Um, <laughs> that seems Secret obelisk. Um, we did it, man. Yeah, so we want to talk about now, move on from, like, the abstract of how much do they draw to, like, what do you actually do in terms of your action phase decisions when you're playing it? Uh, 
Yeah, sure. Um, uh, there was, there's just one, one more point I want to touch on before we move on. Um, I want to, I'm going to actually link in the description to the very first episode of the podcast that we did. And by we, this time, I mean you and I, Wandering Winder. I know. I know. I, I was there. It was, it was lit. I wasn't uh, <laughs> here. I've moved since then. Oh, actually, I have two. Whoops. <laughs> Uh, in any case, oh, you didn't say uh, here. You said there. There was appropriate. You were you were good. Oh dang it! I'm just I'm too good at this. You are uh, too. So good in, at this. I know. So, so in any case, that episode was on uh, skipping or delaying potion, and we did talk a little bit about scrying pool there. Yeah. Um, scrying pool is much better in an accident dense deck. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes you want to open with a potion for your four dollars and get scrying pools right away, but like sometimes your trasher costs four, and sometimes, I mean, if there's a four dollar trasher that competes with the potion buy, like I'm almost always getting that trasher first because the trashing is more important. By the time scrying pools are in my deck, I want them to be good, right? I don't want I don't want to just spend yeah. all this time like fiddling around and waiting for my potion to come along. Like I want to find my potion faster. I want bad cards out of my deck, of course. Yeah. If there's other good deck control elements, is very, it's not that rare to want those elements first. Even then, um, even gainers, I find uh, in a lot of cases, can be more important than picking up that potion. Yeah, d- depending on, on the, game. the game, like depending on depending the game, on the gainer, right? right. Like, I'm I'm probably not probably well, and depending on what else they'd be gaining, right? Because like, right. I'm probably not going to go for a workshop instead of the potion. But well, I don't know. usually you don't have that choice, but maybe an ironworks, right? Well, I mean, or a groom. You could get a, you could open double three. Uh, sure. You don't. I don't want to play that cursed gold, man. Or just like I have a four three, and I'm not going to open with a workshop on my forehand. Is I guess what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Like sometimes I will. I don't know. I could probably come up with a situation. Um, but like. For the most part, no. But, like, if it's Groom and there's a stack of Ironmongers or Advisors or probably not Advisors, Ironmongers, you know, some good good action card that I want to get with my Groom or, like, especially if there's Cemetery that I want to get with my Groom because it's my thinning, Ooh. I'm going to oh, open yeah. with that Groom instead of that, instead of that uh, potion. Stinky potion, yeah. Pool. yeah. And you can get it. And just because you don't open it doesn't mean you can't get it later. You can get it later. It's like it's okay. It is okay. You have my permission. We're there for you, man. Yeah. So, uh, but playing the scrying pools, right? Yeah, there's, I love doing that. There's, but there's more to the decisions than just like, oh, I play the scrying pool and oh, I draw my duck, right? Um, so there's a little bit on your own side, right? Do you want to skip? the card that you see on top or do you want to put it back and like late in the game most of the time it gets pretty simple right it's like oh it's an action action. card i put it back it's not (laughs) an action part i skip it but earlier in the game um it can be a little more complicated right you don't want to just necessarily skip everything first of all if you have a good hand of cards maybe you don't want to trigger a shuffle maybe second of all more importantly like if it's a good non-action card, then you might want to just go ahead and draw it. In particular, the thing I'm thinking of here is your potion. Your potion, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you'll want to buy another scrying pool, 
And so you're just going to say, well, I would have liked to have drawn another card with this potion, but I really don't want this to force the potion to miss the shuffle. So I'm going to take it. Yeah. Um, so it feels bad, but like it's probably still the best thing you can do. And then even late in the game, you don't want to totally autopilot because, you know, sometimes just whatever card is there just gives you a win. So, you know, like, oh, there's a platinum on top and I have three money in hand already and there's only one province left. I should just take the plat. Like, I've seen people just autopilot skip whatever card is because it's not an action. It's like, well, it's, you probably get there anyway, but take the sure thing. Yeah, um, but that the more seems like a good thing. The more interesting thing I think is, what do you do with your opponent's cards, right? Yeah, so like I, I, you watch people play, and they're all going for scrying pool, and they're all playing an action dense deck, right? And it's easy to just say, oh, well, this is an action card. I will pitch it, and I find a non action card, and I and I leave it on top. And and sure, if you find like an estate. You, you leave that estate on top, make their scrying pool, negate your scrying pool's attack, and then just draw normally. Like, sure, that's the way the game is played. But, uh, you know, your deck isn't always there. And there are some other options that are um, pretty good. In, in fact, in practice, can be just about as good as leaving a non-action card on top of their deck. It, it's just yeah. assuming that your opponent is also playing scrying pools. Right. So this is this is assuming the mirror. So if, if they're not also playing scrying pools, you it doesn't even matter so much whether it's an action card or not. You just want to leave them with a bad card, and that's also the case early in the game, right? Like maybe you make them skip their potion, or maybe you make them skip their just their silver or something because it's you know one of the best cards in their deck, right? Um, early sure, on. I. I actually have a, a decent amount to say on this. Did you oh, want yeah. to continue no, the mirror? Or? No, 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 yeah, go so, ahead. So um, if, if your opponent is not playing a deck based around scrying pools that's action-dense, if they're playing something else, uh, a lot of the strength of this attack can come from skipping their better cards. Yeah. So you can, you know, for example, the potion in the early game, if they don't have their action-dense deck online yet, Keep track of if they pay, play their potion this shuffle. And if you have multiple scrying pools on this turn, you haven't seen their potion, be aggressive about skipping their cards because maybe you can find their potion and skip it. Or maybe you can find some scrying pools and skip them. If, if the decks are kind of junky, uh, skipping their scrying pools can cause them a decent amount of harm. Or if they're playing some other deck that, you know, maybe buys golds and uses the golds to buy provinces, like skipping their golds can have a really devastating effect. Yeah. Normally, when I don't go for scrying pool and I lose, it's because my opponent has uh, skipped all my best cards with their yeah. scrying pools, and I just I, don't get to play them. I just, uh, I just want to give one small note of caution: just that uh, you don't want to go too far with this, right? Like, if they've got a, a terrible card on top, and you've only got a couple scrying pools, you probably don't want to go hunting right. for their good cards. Just like, just leave right. the bad card on top, leave that estate on top. It's okay. You didn't get to yeah, skip it's... their terrible cards, but you know what? They have a really bad card in their hand next turn. That's, that's okay anyway. Yeah, leaving the estate you. on top is, is always fine, right? I'm more talking about the case where, like, you're, you're but thinking... Adam, what if they have barons? <gasps> <laughs> I was more thinking of, like... I mean, obviously, when, you, when, you're in the, when you're in the heat of the moment, you're flinging cards around everywhere on the table, yeah. and, and 
you know, you, you see the bad card, you see the curse on top of their deck, and you're like, oh, I know what to do with that. You didn't need to listen to this podcast to figure out what to do with that one, yeah. right? Right. But, you know, you see a copper, and they're playing a big money deck, and you're like, oh, no. I mean, I have had I have had people skip coppers out of my deck and been very perplexed by it. So I'm I'm that's the only reason I'm throwing this in there. Just like if it's a bad card, use your noodle, man. You know, you you can you you it is possible to overthink this. Um, yeah. But Don't, okay, you, so just, just use your noodle, man. But most yeah, of the time, though, the most mirror. of the time you you're playing the mirror, right? You both have scrying pools. You've got a bunch of scrying pools, so. What cards do you want to leave for them, and what cards do you want to say, nah, skip it? And the most normal thing to think is, well, if it were my deck, I would leave any action card on top, and I would skip any non-action, right? And that is, you know, usually what you would do with your own deck, but it isn't necessarily what you want to do on your opponent's deck. And this gets kind of at what I was talking about with the Ruins earlier, but it it's not exactly whether it's good or bad, although there is some of that, right? Like, if a card is just a good card, even if it's, you know, a, a stop card. Because basically what I'm going to say is, if there's a stop card that's an action on top of your deck, let's say a bridge, you can often leave it there and be good. And I'll explain why in a second. But let's say a bridge, you know for sure if they draw it, will win them the game. Yeah. In that uh, case, you probably uh, want to go ahead... Skip. Yeah, go ahead. Skip skip the card. Yeah, skip the bridge. Yeah, sk- skip it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, if for whatever reason you know they have duration draw at the start of their turn, then mm, yeah. it becomes more of a straightforward skip the good cards, leave the bad cards, right? Um, like, you know, they've got this wharf in play that's coming in. They're going to draw it before they can play any scrying pool anyway. You just want want them to have fewer good cards in their hand. But let's say the draw is basically just scrying pools. Um, there's no duration draw. You each have a bunch of scrying pools. And what I'm telling you is it's often fine to good to leave a stop card action on top of their deck. Why? Well, basically, if you think about it, right, that top action, they're going. if they have a scrying pool in hand, they're going to leave it in hand. Or they're going to leave it on top. They're going to play that scrying pool. They're going to leave that stop card action on top. They're going to reveal it. They're going to draw it. And then if the next card is a non-action, they're going to stop. If the next card is an action, they're going to keep going, right? Whereas if you skip all of their bridges, all of their action stop cards, until you find, like, a copper or something, then at the start of their turn, they play a scrying pool. They've got this copper on top. They definitely skip it. And then they can go after actions, right? Whereas if there was another bridge on top of that, they're drawing the extra bridge for free, but that's it. It, it doesn't draw them these coppers. It, do, or it doesn't draw them other actions, right, that they wouldn't have drawn anyway. So, uh, yes, it is typically better to skip it if you can also then leave, uh, you know, like a copper or an estate or something on top. But if you only have a couple of scrying pools left, you know, you don't have many attacks left to, to, to do, um, in that case, you don't want to risk leaving them with, like, a cantrip on top, which is just so much better for them. Hmm. Yeah, um, so this is this is actually kind of an extreme version of, like, 
how powerful the sifting effect for your own deck can be when you play your own scrying pools. Yeah. Uh, it's it's basically, in, in this case, it's kind of like just drawing an extra card, right? You don't want to leave them with the ability to take a, a card that they don't really want in their hand and, and it doesn't really do much. Just pitch it in the discard and just continue on drawing all of the actions that make them do glorious things on their turn, right? Right. Or scrying pools or whatever. And, and you know, in, in this specific case, when you're being attacked by scrying pool, which sometimes happens in games that have scrying pool, that, that may happen to you, just so you're aware. I would have never guessed. Yeah, but, like, that's this is almost an, an entire extra card you're drawing. Even if you never make it back to that copper, like, at least I found what the point of my deck is, and I'm going to have a successful turn. Yeah. Maybe it has one dollar less, but, like, who really gives a crap, right? I do when it's the thing that costs me not being able to win the game. Well, but that's okay. not very often. Sure, and thanks, Edge Case with Wandering. Winter. Hashtag Edge Case with Wandering Winter. But but I also I, I think there's a there's another valuable point here to be made, and it was actually something that came from that whole math exercise that I talked about and said wasn't all that useful. But I'm going to cite just a couple of data points here and and use that to make a larger point. So let's say for example you have 11 non-actions in your deck. Maybe your 10 starting cards in a potion. That oh, seems like a reasonable thing. That seems like a plausible scenario, Adam. Yeah. And you have eight action cards in your deck. Eight okay. you're, action cards. You're starting cards. to get your action density happening. You know, maybe some of them are scrying pools. You play a scrying pool. And if you math it out, you expect to add two cards to your hand when, when you do that. You're going to find an action, and then you're going to bump into a non-action. So scrying pool is just like a lab. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, now that that does assume that you use the the, the scry effect to um, to discard any non-action, right? Yeah. That's that's just the assumption that you make, right? And we're assuming you didn't hit a potion, and and you know if if you're getting attacked, this just gets to be more favorable towards the point I'm making. The more valuable calculation is not like comparing scrying pool to lab like you're not going to sit there and be like oh i have eight action cards i can start buying scrying pool over lab like that's not no it's not what i'm trying to say here start buying scrying pool before that because you're going to anticipate that your deck develops in that way well sure i mean if your deck is going to end up there obviously but but still i mean the the main point is what's happened here is let's say i discarded a non-action and then i drew an action and, a, and then a non-action. I've, I've moved three cards through my deck. Some people would say, I've cycled three cards through my deck, right? And most of the time, the, the fact that you didn't put that card that you discarded in your hand, you know, it doesn't really make your turn that much worse. The, the, the point here is that the action cards in your deck, which I'm assuming you want to draw because you went for Scrying Pool. Right, these and, you are didn't, and you much didn't do better. something like buy a Ruins. right. These are much better cards than the coppers and estates that you're discarding. Okay, so the fact that you just managed to skip over one of those cards without really having to draw it has made this the spy effect, scry effect on on scrying pool, very very close already to just drawing an extra card because the action cards are just so much better. So you can actually kind of see this as a case of like your scrying pool drew two and eight elevenths of a card. Yeah. In, in this case, kind of. So like just under three cards. That's, that's sort of where I value it. When I'm kind of spitballing like, oh, how much do I expect my scrying pools to draw me in this deck? Like 
do I when I'm thinking, oh, do I need more deck control or payload or whatever or something? Right. You know, if if my I'm I'm thinking my my scrying pools are going to draw me just under three cards in this situation. And that's and, that's obviously you know an estimate. It's a little bit rough. It will change a little bit depending on your exact deck. And of course, you're maxed out at drawing every card in your deck. For sure. But when I'm doing my back of the napkin calculations, I basically equate the spy effect to drawing an extra card. Right. And, you know, this is the situation where it's least like drawing an extra card, and it's still so close that I just wave my hand at it and say, it's drawing an extra card. Right. That's, that's how powerful that, that effect is. And then it only gets to be more so when you consider the fact that you're usually getting hit by scrying pool attacks intermittently or maybe more during the course of this. So that's that's yet another thing. So um, that's that's just something that was deceptively not as powerful as I thought it was when I was thinking about how much does this card actually draw. Yeah, it's super nuts when there is no trashing. But even when there when there is trashing. But even when there's no trashing, or the trashing is slow and it takes you a while to get there, or I can only trash my estates and maybe my coppers are stuck there, or I can trash my coppers but not my estates, something something along those lines. Like right. the, the, the biggest – in a lot of those cases, once you get past a certain point, the biggest barrier is you got to find a scrying pool every turn or you don't start, Right. It's, it's pretty common to be able to fill your deck with so many actions that you will draw a lot of cards if you can start the chain going. But mm. you just you need to be able to start the chain going. And if you're only going to have like four scrying pools in a 30-card deck, it's not going to be that likely that you have one every turn unless you can do something to set it up, which sometimes you can, which is nice, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, a lot of times you don't get that much control over the rate at which scrying pools enter your deck because of the potion cost. So other ways besides spamming the card of increasing the likelihood that you start with enough of these to get your turn going, they yeah. increase in value. Yeah. So this is, this is uh, one of several other small points I wanted to make. Um, one way to set up uh, your, your deck, besides just the save effects and the schemes and all of that, uh, one of the things that you can do sometimes is if there's a, a discard effect, like horse traders or something you can draw your whole deck and then discard a scrying pool or two and then play like one cantrip or something that's going to trigger that shuffle and so you can then seed a, a scrying pool and again this works because you have overdraw but scrying pool is a card that gives you overdraw a lot yeah if you're if your deck is action dense enough it can give you that overdraw, and then like you can you can take the jankiest thing ever, like horse traders and a cantrip, and <laughs> right. Um, yeah. On the flip side, the the downside of scrying pool is usually that it costs a potion, which is a little bit clunky and awkward and slow, right? Yeah. That's if if you want to say anything negative about scrying pool, it's usually that, right? Because um, it's really good and like. Basically, every deck ever will be happy to take as many of them as you can, but it's just not so easy to get them, right? Mm. And so the, I was talking earlier, I skip Scrying Pool a decent minority of the time. Um, and the reason why I skip it is usually because it's too slow because of that potion cost, right? Like, 
I'm going to be able to get one per shuffle, and I just don't think that I want to invest the time to get a potion and then get one per shuffle. I just I feel like I don't have the time. And usually when that happens, uh, it might be because extra buys are hard to come by. Um, yeah, That's it might a big be deal for the potion cost, and it's it's almost always, or it, it it's occasionally because, like I talked about earlier, like there's just no non-terminals to play. Um, but a, a lot of the times it's because the other deck control elements are really, really strong so that I think I can draw pretty well anyway without needing to get the pools. And the pools would slow me down. But, like, you need other really, like, multiple strong components to 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 get in, to, to stand in for the pools because the pools do so much by themselves, right? Sure. I actually don't disagree with anything you've said, including the amount that I think I, I skip scrying pool. Yeah. But just something I've noticed is I, I, I skip scrying pool, my opponent goes for it, and I still lose games because of it. Yeah, I mean, that's going to that's just how stinking good the card is. And, and it's also very possible to be like, well, I'm going to open with some money because I need to get some five-cost deck control card first. Like, something yeah. to thin me down. But then after I thin down a bit, now I want to start to get some pools. I mean, maybe you do, maybe you don't. It depends on, like, how easy it is to draw if, as you're adding payload. How easy is it to draw that payload? If it's not so easy, maybe you still want the delayed pools. If it is really easy, maybe you don't get pools this game. Maybe. It depends, you know? You gotta, like we said, actually think critically for yourself. Um, Making luck. A How to Fish podcast. We ready for our for our last quick hits? Uh, yeah, I just I really only have like a couple of things left. Um, scrying pool. Uh, the other way that I tend to underestimate scrying pool is the fact that it just says attack on it, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really easy. I mean, this is one of the weaker attacks in the game, right? This is, I mean, I, I'm most other attacks the in the attack game are strong. Of it, not that's one right. Of the yeah, cards that's an attack. One of the, yeah, yeah. Yes, the spy effect is not. The spy effect is not a. a uh, if, if I want my opponent to, very often. Yeah, if I want my opponent opponent to feel pain, like I'm looking at other things before I look at, at the pain this can inflict. Um, so, so, but but also like first of all, it has really good synergy with a lot of other attacks, right? Yeah. Um, you can leave a victory card on top and then play a jester and curse Bam. them, or you can swindle whatever you want, basically. Or you can uh, so, leave a good card on top and play a jester and then take it. Um, sure. Depending on the it, situation, yeah. It does have, yeah, it does have a lot of synergy with other attacks, but even by itself, it just says attack on it. And anything that says attack on it, and some things that don't say attack on them, Ooh. if you can play them consistently enough, on your opponent and inflict that pain on a consistent level. Um, a deck that doesn't make use of Scrying Pool's draw, which is a money density deck, right? Every other deck ever just wants to draw a billion cards. So, Well, I mean, occasionally there's some other deck that can draw without Scrying Pool, right? Like Edge case with Wandering Winter. No, I mean, just like, a lot, I think a lot of the times I skip, the last time I remember skipping Scrying Pool, there was some way to get a lot of actions easily, and then I could thin down, and then I just got ten paddocks, and my opponent went for Scrying Pools, and I'm like, okay, I'm drawing and have money. Um, <laughs> nice. But, yeah, anyway. 
continue. Yeah, but in, in any case, uh, if you're playing an attack that consistently, you're gonna you're gonna cause pain for someone who's playing a money density deck. Yeah, and that amount of pain is just it's easy to underestimate when you're when you're not like sitting there with your money density deck waiting for ten minutes so you can take your turn because your opponent's playing all these scrying pools, watching. All of your good cards go by with your hand that has $5 in it, and it's like, well, I can't win this game because I'm never, ever going to draw any of my golds, and that's going to take forever, right? It's it's um, it's deceptively strong, and not just because it can be d- demoralizing, <laughs> in a sense. Anyway, yeah. and, and then the last little point is, um, if I've drawn my deck, and um, I still have Scrying Pools in hand, and I have no other plans for them, don't just not play them. Um, you can still like attack, attack your opponent, right? Yeah, yeah. Just I, I know it's more clicking. I know it's more work, but like if you want to win games, uh, you know, don't forget to do that. I mean, un- unless like you're already gonna leave them with the card that's on, like you know, oh, right. I, I found a curse. You don't need to then keep making them reveal that curse over and over and over again. That's that's kind of mean, right? That's... Making them reveal the same curse over and over is kind of mean. Yeah. Um. So. Like Adam noted, uh, certain attacks mess with the, the or care about what's on the top of their deck, right? We're talking your your jesters of the world, your knights, your cardinal, your there's there's a bunch of cards that are like swindler. There are a bunch of cards that are like that, right? In those cases, you want to um, a not just mindlessly skip past all of their actions or even oh, their yeah. good actions, right? Sometimes turn you, that brain on. Sometimes you specifically want those to be on top. B, you might want to play your cards in a what would otherwise be an unusual order, right? It could be that, like, oh, I'm going to play some scrying pools. Now I have the card that I want them to have. They have that on top of their deck. So now I'm going to play the attack, assuming I have enough actions to do it, right? I'm going to play that jester so I can steal that card. You know, I can gain a copy of that card that's on top of their deck. And now I'm going to go back to playing more scrying pools so that I can use that attack again. So sequencing can be important with some of these attacks. Also, similarly, sometimes with cards which aren't attacks but which, say, draw them cards, right? So if I'm going to play some scrying pools in council rooms, what I would generally like to do is scry them to having a bad card on top, then play a council room so they draw the bad card, and then scrying pool attack again some more, right? Um, so that's like a little finesse, but it can it can make a big difference over the course and of, then many only, of many plays. And then only play your bureaucrat after all that, right? Yeah. Typically. Typically, yes. Because yes. <laughs> um, you're totally throwing that bureaucrat in that. That's, hey, I'm pretty sure I've done that. Um, <laughs> I have no doubt that you've done that before. Uh Another thing to note is that uh, there are a few ways to get uh, scrying pools without having to get the potion, which is often pretty nice to be able to do if you can pull it off. So we're talking about trashing a squire. This is like the nicest thing about scrying pool being an attack is that when you trash a squire, you can gain one. Um, You can lurker. A couple of lurker plays can get you scrying pool. There's yeah. populate, there's transport. Um, I think there's another couple ways. But, uh, yeah, in, in those cases, uh, there's there's also some things like stonemason overpay where you can yeah. get... You still have to get the potion, 
but you can get them faster than you normally otherwise would. And that's pretty good yeah. because, again, usually the biggest weakness of scrying pool is that you can only get one a shuffle. So any way you can get them, A, without having to get the potion, or B, more than one per shuffle, pretty nice. Um, obviously, that kind of synergy is all of the potion cards or most of the potion cards, but, like, yeah, scrying pool, you just want to shove all these in your deck right away. So, yes, right. give me all of the um, scrying pools in my face. And sometimes, even if, like, oh, well, Populate is on the board, or I can trash some Squires, you might still get the potion anyway, because, like, just, like, mm. I'm going to throw my fists out and grab Scrying Pools any way I can get them, um, and every yeah, way but... I can get them, but... <laughs> yeah, uh... this, the Squire trash seems maybe a little janky, unless there's, like, Donate or Watchtower or something, right? Yeah, or Lurker, again, like... With one trash, you get to get, gain a sky and pool instead of two. Yeah. Um, nice. uh, and then, yeah, the last thing I want to note is the thing that I actually have written down for Edge Cased with Wandering Winter. Ooh. Which is that sometimes <laughs> be good. you play a scrying pool and there's an action card on top of your deck. And you think to yourself, self, I'm really smart and clever. I don't want to draw this action card right now. Oh, is it because you're going to put it in your discard because it's a ruined village and then you're going to play Lookout when, when at the end of your turn to hit it? That might be one reason why you would rather have it in your discard than your hand. I got um, one, but, but yours is going to be better. I can feel it. Well, I mean, I... I, I don't, there's just, there's a bunch of little tiny reasons that you might not want it in your, like, maybe, maybe you know that for sure the bottom card of your deck is, let's say, I don't know, stash, right? And every other card in your deck is an action card. And the top card of your deck, uh, no. And you already got one of your scrying pools discarded, right, uh, from your opponent. Um, in this case, if you discard another scrying pool, then when you draw that stash, you're going to stop on the stash. You're going to have two scrying pools in your discard. You can then play one more cantrip, and boom, you've seated yourself with a scrying pool for next turn, baby. We did it, Reddit. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was, some... I was thinking maybe you don't want to trash your tragic hero. Uh, that could be a reason. It could be that, that you're trying really to activate bad. your your swashbuckler. Swashbuckler. Ooh, that actually... Um, that I could actually see that happening. Yeah. Unlike any of the other things that we've mentioned. Right. I, I think Swashbuckler <laughs> was the one that most came to mind. But, like, there's... Once in a million games, you're going to come up with a reason where it's like, actually, it's better if this is in my discard pile. Um, I guess if it's a, a ruin and Ooh. you've got... Um, March. That doesn't... Yes, the only March. village is March. There you go. Yeah. Yes. We do. Yeah. I, I guess March. March <laughs> could be a reason. Yeah. Like it's a it's a tactician that you're discarding, and you want to be able to march Ooh. it. Oh, that's pretty hot. Or really any payload, but tactician is mm, that's a good one. I yeah. like that one. Nicely done. So like again, it comes up probably more often than one in a million games, but it's very rare. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say roughly one in a million. Just well, it's right around that 55 level. 55 to the 55 power. Ooh, all right, I'm in. <laughs> we calculated it. That's the one. 
that's probably too many. That's uh, probably probably a actually lot. probably actually closer to one in fifty-five times fifty-five. Okay, I can dig that. That's Maybe about one in three thousand games. Five hundred fifty-five thousand five hundred fifty-five. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. Five hundred fifty-five thousand fifty-five minutes. <laughs> what happened to the five hundred? It didn't fit in the rhythm of the song. I cut it. <laughs> Whoa! I just want you to know uh, the date we're recording this podcast uh, is September sixteenth, uh, two thousand twenty, and it was um, September fourteenth or maybe thirteenth. It's not clear. Of uh, 2013, that I that I broke the the Dum Dums record, the the one that made 55 my favorite number. It's so it's been just over seven years since I've done that. Five hundred twenty-five thousand <laughs> six hundred times seven plus a bit year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's how you measure love, right there. Also with a Dominion podcast. A Dominion podcast. So we've yeah. got a we got a kingdom for next time. Yeah, uh, I uh, it's got scrying pool in it, but uh, spoiler alert! But I uh, I can read you the rest of the cards if you'd like. That'd be great. Sweet. So this one has scrying pool, experiment, harbinger, masquerade, masterpiece, night watchman, mill, smithy, barge, highway, and then we have sewers. And crop rotation for projects. One more time for our audio-only listeners. Scrying pool. Experiment. Harbinger. Masquerade. Masterpiece. Night watchman. Mill. Smithy. Barge. Highway. And we have sewers and crop rotation. Uh, Yeah, so there's no village. What do you think of scrying pool here? I So... When I first looked at this and had about 15 seconds, like, you know, before you were reading the cards and I could see them already because I'm magic. Um, I, I'm magic in that I have eyes. And they, Have you ever thought about, like, how amazing it is that we have eyes and the eyes let us see the way that we do? Like, it's nuts, man. It's crazy how, like, of all the ways that particles can interact, that we get such precise inform. And I know it's not as precise as, like, electron microscopes or whatever. But, like, it's really precise for in terms of, like, on a scale from randomness to uh, perfect. Um, and, like, that's not even talking about, like, the Heisenberg guns. Anyway, um, when I first looked at this king... <laughs> I was thinking there's a bunch of different things that you might want to do, right? Because crop rotation, I love me some crop rotation. Mm. And, like, you could do some crop rotation with, I don't know, like a couple barges and a masterpiece and maybe some mills and be like, okay. I'm just going to province pretty quick, right? And I'm going to go okay. probably single province every turn starting fairly quickly. And I think you maybe can do that. But then, like... I don't know. I'm thinking about it more. And there's sewers and sewers with the masquerade helps you trash pretty quick. And then Mm -hmm. you can go for some scrying pools and get some highways and some barge and a couple, like two barges. Two barges, yeah. Or or maybe just one. um, You could do just one. You probably would do just one, yeah. Yeah. Um, And at some point you just stop paying the masquerade, right? Right, Um, yeah. And then, like, you just work your way to, like, double province with 
getting a bunch of highways and a barge. Um, so like yeah. you, could, you could do that too. And the yeah. and then when I looked at it there, I was thinking, oh, that looked good. And now I realize you can't get three buys every turn. You can only get three buys every other right. turn if you have one buy on the other turn. So on average, you get two buys a turn. And I'm thinking, I don't know if that's fast enough to beat the fast single province thing. So I'm back to being, I'm not sure. Yeah. So um, you know, those are the two things I'm looking at. Masterpieces uh, is great uh, with with some of the draw that's here. Barge is a great card for money density. Masquerade is just a fantastic card in general. Yeah. Crop rot can do some work for you. Uh, so I mean, that's a good deck, right? And and yeah. in terms of things to slow that deck down, I'm looking at only the attack of Scrying Pool, which is so, I mean, so, you're up so. against a lot here. But um, Scrying Pool is Scrying Pool, and it's pretty busted. And uh, the deck you described, I think, I think I would play that deck. I've just lost so many games to decks that I didn't have faith in. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think, I think it's the sewers. I think without sewers, I wouldn't believe in that deck. But sewers, sewers helps you a lot. down like. So are you opening Masquerade Sewers or are you opening Masquerade Potion? So I think there's – I mean those are – that's what I'm thinking about, right? I'm not considering yeah. any Night Watchman shenanigans and and really it's just those two things I'm thinking about. I lean towards Masquerade Potion yeah, because you can high roll and you can get the Sewers on uh, turn three and then play – and uh, play your Masquerade – with the four, sewers bonus and then, then trash the two cards and get the pool. I mean, that is yeah. like the best case scenario. Right. And likely. and I'm just thinking, but like if that doesn't happen, how much worse off are you? Because well, you, you didn't go for that, right? Like the five sevenths of the time that you draw masquerade on turn three. And that's really the difference maker, right? Well, I, I and mean, the slight chance that you have increased potion. to have your masquerade miss the shuffle. Wait, is that even... Also, also, you don't want to draw your potion on turn three because it feels bad to get the sewers. But if the masquerade misses the shuffle, then I'm sure glad that I didn't open with a sewers, right? I think I'd open masquerade sewers, but I'm not... Like, I'm... What you're saying, the Masquerade Potion does have a better best case for sure. What do you think of a double Masquerade open? I don't like it. I also don't like it. Good talk. Great. Um, I, I mean, I think it's it's worth thinking about, and it, there are a lot of people who don't consider it, and I think it's worth considering in a lot of cases. I just think here, because there's no village, and it's not, Masquerade isn't even the that terminal I eventually want to play anyway I, makes me a lot less like happy to get the second. Also, because Sewers lets me trash twice as fast, just like the second Masquerade does. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the reason you would get the second Masquerade is to shore up the chances of like one missing the shuffle. Yeah. But I, don't, I just don't really think that's worth playing around. Um, but I'm also still thinking about this other thing. Good for you, man. It'll make it interesting when we're playing these games. I, I'll put I'm it, pretty I, heavy I on the scrying pool. At least on the 5-2, I'm pretty sure I would open barge. Ooh, a 5-2 or a 2-5. And just go for, like, quick crop rotation and let's go. 
Mm, you really want to open with that orange card. On well, a 5-2, I mean, I'm probably going to cry. Because I'm just going to draw with it. And then that's it's fair. Basically like a smithy that's slightly better. Okay, it's a light orange, and that's a fair point. But opening smithy is still not the sexiest thing ever. I mean... And it's fine. Uh, it, it's a light orange because maybe in some cases, like, if I... For instance, if I draw uh, estate, 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 copper, barge, then I can next turn it and be like, okay, I'm not going to... I don't know. Sure. You know, there, there's some cases where I can next turn it anyway, but just like... It sounds like life with barge, man. Yeah, I don't know. Part of me wants to open mill silver or mill experiment. i got to do the math. What, how likely is that to hit crop rotation? Experiment, huh? Yeah, I just want to hit crop you rotation really... as fast as... I love crop rotation. It's really yeah, good. but like getting experiment just to hit it early? That seems a little sus to me. It's really good, Adam. Well, there's Masterpiece to support that. Maybe that's not as sus. And there's Mill to support it. Well, I was thinking, like, the downside is you didn't put a Silver in your deck, right? And your deck really wants to get, like, five or six provinces if it's playing against Scrying Pool. Yeah, so, like, there's Mill to the silver support matters. Him. And the crop rotation. Oh, man. I love me some crop rotation. Okay, I feel like Masterpiece is a, is a big reason why I think that's not nuts. Just, uh, just want to I don't know. Like, I could also see... I mean, I could also see opening Masquerade for that deck. Uh, probably Masquerade Silver. Masquerade um, is a... Like, it's a good card. Did I give it a 10 out of 10? It's nuts. Yeah, I, I don't... Given it a 10 out of 10. I probably... Like, I tend to give fewer things 10 out of 10 than you. I'd probably <laughs> give it, like, 8 or 9, but... It's really good. It's a good card. You know what card doesn't seem very good here? Harbinger. I mean, I could see getting Harbingers in the Scrying Pool deck. Gross. Just because just it's a cantrip. I'd rather get a mill. I mean, what if I don't have <laughs> <That's>... four? <laughs> He'll always have four. What I was Hush your say mouth. Was, what I was going to say was Smithy. Maybe you could go Smithy Silver. Smithy Masterpiece, yeah. Solid strats right there. And just play like, I'm going to get my crop rotation real fast. I don't know. There's like a lot of... There's a lot of things you could try. Yeah. Look at all these options for your money deck that I think are worse than going for scrying pools. What do you think, dear listener? Ooh. Yeah, you should leave a comment in the comment section. I can't promise that I'm going to like ever get back to you because, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do my best, but like... I'll try to read them. Although I, yeah. I don't... If it's on the video, I don't often remember to think to go look at the comments on Adam's videos, so... Yeah, I get an email for every comment. Please right. don't abuse that. But <laughs> oh, you still have that? I don't get an email for. It. I get a notification, but I don't get an email. Ah, uh, yeah, I still like my emails. Make me feel good. People, people commenting on the podcast, letting us know what they think about this kingdom, or you know the what they think we should talk about, or like you know what they think about us. The edge pigeons. case that I missed. In my segment. Yeah, edge cases Whoa. with Wandering Winder. Yeah. The edge case of the edge case. Yeah, uh, you, you feel free to do that. Uh, or if you're not listening to this on YouTube, maybe uh, just as a podcast, uh, you can you can hit us up. You can go to adamhorton.com. All the information and links to all the ways to contact us are there. You can go to the Discord server. There's forums there, which I do monitor, but... Um, no one really posts in. 
uh, my contact info is there, or if you want to hit up Wandering Winder, you know, links yeah. to um, the links to his stuff is in the description of this, and, or you can just go on Discord and say hi. And and I know in the past I've uh, I've talked about you can uh, send a, a messenger pigeon or smoke hmm. signals. I'm not sure that that would be the best for Adam right now, so you might want to direct those at, at me. Because um, just like inhaling smoke is typically not good for your health. Um, yeah, I have like no disease, immune system now. So, <laughs> and it's it's only gonna be like a lot worse when the bone marrow transplant happens. They're they're gonna nuke my immune system. They're gonna yeah. give me radiation actually, and like yeah. I'm gonna be in a, I'm gonna live in a clean room for a month. It's gonna be so good. I can't wait for that to be over. <laughs> But yeah, uh, electronic forms of communication are, are pretty good as long as I'm feeling well enough to do something other than lay in bed. And yeah, uh, so we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast uh, and wearing your seatbelt if appropriate. Yeah, and washing your hands, which is appropriate. Please, for sure. please do that, and please like. Please stay away from other people when you're in public. Like, just keep six feet from the... How hard is it? I know... Uh, just do that, please. Don't you, cough on someone can, and kill you can, people. You can Don't even, do that. You can even stay further than six feet, you know? like That's it's even better. Yeah. 55 feet. Um, that, Sign me up. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I've been working on a, on a simulator bot for funsies um, okay and i i called it so i've been iterating a bunch right and i got through the version that i got to was was version zzi um cool and so then i i decided that i needed to polish that further so i called it zzi polish e um but now i keep reading it as polish um right so it's it's a Polish and and that just makes me think of like kielbasa or, or some kind of Polish sausage. Okay. And, and now I want to eat sausage. Okay. And um, wow, I just realized that could have been taken out of context. Um, I, I I didn't that didn't even enter my mind. It didn't until right when I said it, and I'm like, oh. Look, sausage is delicious. Okay. And if you want to eat delicious food, don't let anyone ruin that experience for you with their dirty mind, okay? Just put that Polish sausage in your mouth and enjoy every second of it. (laughs) I had the deadpan until you giggled. This is your fault. Glad I could help. This is this is the best podcast. Did did you miss us? around did did you miss us dear listener did you i want to know actually so, if, if you are here in the podcast you missed us right I, probably <laughs> yeah we're like an hour and 20 minutes into this bad boy and we're like done talking about anything and you're still listening why well probably maybe you're driving and we should probably end the podcast yeah how many how many secret extra things do you think we're gonna have a uh, good number. There's some good stuff already. Can't wait. Nice. Nice. Uh, thanks for listening.
there isn't really. I just felt like saying that. <laughs> Uh, well, we got one of them. We got we got one of them. One of we got one, one of what? Of we got one of them. Oh, babies. Uh, well, actually, yes. <laughs> oh, there's the other one. Oh, did sweet? Did, did your wife just walk in or something? Because I like. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. You are on tonight, Wandering Winter. <laughs> it's been too long, my dude. It's it's been. It's been bottled up, and now it's it's all coming out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I haven't like spoken to another human being. 